Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome into Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon along with Wes Reynolds as we move on from Masters Week and head to beautiful Hilton Head Island, South Carolina for the RBC Heritage at Pete Dye's Harbortown Golf Links. And Wes, first of all, congratulations to Scotty Scheffler, your 2022 Masters champion. He played all four rounds under par, and each round served up a combination of very different weather conditions. That was truly impressive. And the 25-year-old stays hot as he has now won four tournaments in the last eight weeks, of course, capping it off with his first ever major championship. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, $10 million, by the way, in these last six starts for uh, Scotty Scheffler winning four of six. And Number one player played like the number one player. And and usually, and we were talking about that last week, Brady, with Scheffler and Smith kind of being the two hottest players, seemingly at least thus far in the young season of 2022. And then, you know, these guys end up in the final pairing. That was and we pretty saw, cool, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, we saw that the odds had shifted. I know, you know, 40 to one was pretty much what they were at the start of 2022. And all of a sudden it gets cut. So it's like, okay, can I go ahead and take these guys here? And I did not, but Scotty Scheffler deserved champion. He had a five shot lead after the uh, second round on Friday and then left the door open, hit it in a tree on Saturday where he had to climb up and try to look for it. Ends up only making bogey, left the door open a little bit potentially for Cameron Smith. It was only a three-shot lead, and then it was only a one-shot lead after two holes. 
And then all of a sudden, Scotty Scheffler, if that pitch in, and then Cameron Smith drops one that's a two-shot swing. Not quite cruise control, you want to say, from there, considering he did four-putt on 18, but he would have needed to seven-putt to get into a playoff. So, uh, Scotty Scheffler, uh, right now, he's the hot player. I don't see necessarily that this is going to be dominance necessarily you're because you're going to see short-term dominance and we've seen that over the last several years from a variety of different players but this guy clearly is going to be a factor here in the short term and maybe even the long term well you and I were both on Rory McIlroy a magical round on Sunday I found that the most enjoyable thing to watch during the final round when Rory shot a 64 I was on Cameron Smith we were both on Shane Lowry who tied with Smith for third place so we cashed some top 10s and some top 20s but Scheffler was really pretty unflappable and never really gave the rest of the field much of a chance he never had that meltdown under pressure where he made a big number no he did not and going back to Rory that's the thing about Rory McIlroy, and I mentioned this uh, during the final round on Sunday on air on v- right here on VEASAN. Just when you think you're out on this guy, just when you think it's like, eh, you know, maybe maybe Rory's just not going to be the Rory he was, or maybe you can't keep betting on this guy because he doesn't cash outright winners for you. But just when you think you're out, he sucks you back in. A 64, the only bogey-free round in the entire championship. I think that's the low round, or at least tied the low round, all time at, at Augusta National in round four. And Rory McIlroy with the fabulous 64, that great bunker shot he hit on 18. Colin Marikawa, then from the opposite bunker on the other side of the green, hits it in. And you saw the reaction and the joy from the two. And I think that's why Rory McIlroy is so darn likable, his reaction to be happy for his playing companion. He knew he was going to come up short, but I think just doing that, it gives you maybe that that's a could be a turning point for Rory McIlroy and the fact that, you know, I think he made it too complicated in terms of the trying to keep up with Bryson DeChambeau in terms of the distance. And it's like, he's still one of the greatest drivers of the golf ball in, in the game and maybe in modern day history. And I think he let that get into his head. And it's like when Rory just kind of keeps it simple, he can be the ultimate artist. And we saw that on Sunday. Yeah, it was truly enjoyable. All right, let's travel Southeast about uh, 150 miles from Augusta, Georgia to Hilton Head, South Carolina for the RBC heritage. And this is a wonderful golf course. Certainly one of the very nicest that I have been lucky enough to play on my resume of courses played, it is right up there with the Plantation Course at Kapalua, Shadow Creek right here in Las Vegas, and the Olympic Club in San Francisco. Tree-lined, very narrow fairways, a very wooded area with huge mature trees, very small Bermuda grass greens, a lot of dog legs in either direction. And then the final two holes, you come out of the forest and it opens up onto the coast. It's really just a great 18-hole journey. And I tell you, Wes, it's one that's very different from what we saw last week at Augusta National. Yeah, it is. And uh, look, it's very, I think, pretty wide open, even though the fairways are narrow. They're not exactly hard to hit. I think they're about 29 yards wide on average. But you don't really get into a lot of trouble if you don't if you don't make the fairway. The rough is not is not necessarily very thick, and a lot of guys won't hit driver. No, they won't. They'll hit the, three wood. And yeah, iron the tree fatigue. lines. It doesn't allow you if you're a bomber necessarily to cut, and that's why the driving distance. I believe uh, it ranked. I, I was looking at my, at my piece here. I think it rated like 16 yards less than the PGA Tour average of what you would see. 
in terms of uh, the driving distance. Or I think 268 was what I saw was the average driving distance, and usually it's 284. So that's why you see that. Uh, in terms of the fairways and rough, overseeded rye, the greens, uh, Bermuda's kind of dormant this time of year, even though these are normally Bermuda greens. So it's going to be a lot of overseeded POA. On this course, uh, tiny greens, by the way, about 3,700 square feet on average. So second smallest on the PGA Tour. So that's why approach, proximity, greens and regulation gain. There's a lot of overlap, obviously, between those uh, statistical categories. It is a peat die. Not all peat dies are the same. The ones that I thought were really the most facsimile, I guess, of Kiwa Island might be TPC River Highlands for the mm-hmm. Travelers, TPC Sawgrass, the Players Championship. And then you can kind of look at the peat die profiles, Austin, and a couple of these other courses. But, you know, it's a little less than 7,200 yards, so not a real bomber's course if you look at the previous winners here. Stuart Sink, Webb Simpson, C.T. Pan, Wesley Bryan, Jim Furyk, Graham McDowell. Not exactly big hitters off the tee in terms of the recent winners. Not a lot of bombers on that list for sure. I tell you one thing that it does have in common with Augusta National is the strength of the course history or course form. Like we see uh, many of the same players perform well at the Masters year in and year out. We see that here too at Harbortown. You mentioned Stuart Sink. Davis Love Third won here five times. Matt Kuchar, Webb Simpson, Graham McDowell, Jim Furyk, and these players tend to all do well at the correlated courses, too. I, I used TPC Sawgrass. I used YLA Country Club, mm-hmm. where they played the Sony, uh, Colonial, and then Sea Island. Did you use both course form and comp courses in your handicap this week? Yeah, a little bit, and I used a lot of the same. I also used Sedgefield, which has mm-hmm. really been a good correlation when you look at the fact that there are several winners at the Wyndham Championship that have also won here at the RBC Heritage, and that's over about the last decade. Uh, Brant Snedeker, Carl Pedersen has won. Uh, Webb Web Simpson. Simpson, Davis Love the Third have all won on both courses. So that's why I think you really wanted to look at Wyndham a little bit. And a couple guys have gone well at the Wyndham or on my card this week. All right. Well, let's kick off the member guest segment and bring in this week's guest into the conversation. That is Stephen Hennessy. He's the deputy managing editor at Golf Digest and host of the Be Right podcast. He's been a guest of ours on Long Shots each and every season, and you can follow him on Twitter at S underscore Hennessy GD. Stephen, welcome back to Long Shots. Thank you so much for joining us once again in 2022. Uh, this course this week is so much different from Augusta National. Wes and I were just talking about that. How did you transition from the Masters in your handicap this week, and did you also So take into account those that are in the field that went through the mental and physical grind of a major championship for all four days versus those that are here in the field that either missed the cut or did not play the Masters at all? Yeah, a great question, and thanks for having me, Brady, as always. Um, Yeah, it's it's interesting because that that's what we see after a major, Um, you know, you got to weigh whether someone is motivated, whether they've kind of been through the ringer, so to speak, someone like Cam Smith. I mean, Sunday was probably the toughest day of his career. You got to think he has a legitimate chance to win the Masters and doesn't seize that opportunity. So, you know, someone like him, even though he's had uh, some good history at uh, at Harbor Town, I, I think I'm feeding him here. But I looked at the last ten years um, and and looked at how these guys did at the Masters, whether they played or not. And it's pretty split. Uh, three of them, uh, three of the winners here finished in the top 15 at the Masters uh, the week before. Three guys missed the cut, and three guys didn't play. I threw at Webb Simpson in 2020 since that was in June. 
Um, so it's, it's obviously very split. I, I do think it comes down to, for me, uh, whether someone had a legit chance to win last week. And, you know, that was only a few guys. It was Scotty Scheffler. It was Cam Smith. You can make an argument. Sung J.M., Shane Lowry, uh, those guys were right there. So, um, you know, what I look at, I, I think if a guy had a, a positive weekend at Augusta, I do think that is some positive momentum that they could take uh, over to Harbortown. And that's what we saw with Stuart Sink uh, last year. He finished T12 at the Masters and then went on to win at 150-1. to So uh, I do think, you know, seeing some positive form from these guys at Augusta, even though it's such a different course, you know, you need your complete game at Augusta National. And in that, in that aspect, I think that translates to Harbortown. Brady, Stephen brings up a very good point about the Masters hangover. And I actually look back at this. So I was looking back from 2010 to last year, 2021, only two players that finished the top five the week before at the Masters then did so at the following week at the RBC Heritage. Luke Donald did it in 2011, and then Matt Kuchar did it when he won here in 2014. But to Stephen's point, arguably the best uh, uh, of the champions in recent years, Stuart Sink, T12 at the Masters, and then went on to win here. Only a few have done it in terms of the top ten. So, Stephen, when you look at the top of the odds board in terms of some of the contenders last week, Justin Thomas ends up in the top ten. Colin Marikawa, of course, Cameron Smith was in the final pairing. Ends up I ends up uh, finishing top five. Dustin Johnson, I think, was T12. Shane Lowry, a guy who I had, ended up T3, a nice little rally at the end. All of them were kind of in the thick of it, even though really not challenging Scotty Scheffler. Did you go ahead and take a pass on these guys this week? You know, that was my temptation to just kind of pass on the top uh, altogether. And, you know, I did on the top five guys. But, you know, the other thing here, Wes, is, you know, this is such a better field than we're used to seeing right. at the RBC Heritage. So I think that's part of it, too. Um, you know, with it being back in the traditional slot, um, eight of the top 15 finishers at the Masters are here this week, which is kind of rare at, at RBC. So that scares me a little bit, fading the, the top entirely. If there's one guy among the, the favorites, it would probably be Dustin Johnson. He's played here so many times. Uh, he knows how to play it. Uh, he, he will go less than driver on, on all these holes. We actually had him as our guest uh, on the Be Right podcast this week, and he talked about that, like, you know, this is not a course where he's taking driver out, even though that's his biggest weapon. So um, I'm tempted to go with DJ, but um, I haven't pulled the trigger yet on him. Who, who I have pulled the trigger on is Corey Connors, uh, about 25-1 or so. Again, I think the momentum he got at Augusta finished T6, uh, that, that really should carry over here. And what I like about Corey Connors particularly is on courses that are less than 7,200 yards like we see this week, he's second in strokes gain off the tee. You know, that means it's not distance that, that enables him to finish at the top of that strokes gain off the tee number on those type of courses. It's really the accuracy, and that's hugely important here at Harbortown. I've had a chance to play here uh, last April, and these trees are enormous. Like, if you drive it into these into the pine straw, you know, off the fairway, you're really scrambling to make make a par. So, um, you know, someone like Corey Connors, who who will take less than driver off the tee and is so consistent at it, I think that's the type of player you want here, and that's why I went with him as uh, as one of the favorites I like. 
Stephen, what about Webb Simpson? Uh, his odds are anywhere from 30 to 1, and I've seen as high as 45 to 1, and that's certainly higher. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, you mentioned the strength of the field, but typically Webb Simpson is on top of the odds board here at Harbortown. He's uh, had multiple top 10 and top 20 finishes here. His form hasn't been great for what seems like quite a while now, but it seems like here and there he's shown a few signs of coming back around. What are your thoughts on Webb Simpson this week, and does he finally find his groove again? Yeah, the forty-five to one on Webb. I think I think you got to take an auto bet on him. I, I know he's been you know battling the injuries, um, but he's feeling better. I talked uh, quite a bit with his caddy Paul Tesori last week on something I was doing on Ted Scott Scotty Scheffler's caddy because those guys are buddies uh, back to when Ted Scott was uh, caddies with Bubba Watson. But he said Webb is pretty much a hundred percent. Uh, and I followed them a little uh, on the weekend at Augusta, and, and Webb looked good. Uh, struggled a, a little on the weekend, but maybe that was just some rust. So 45-1 to one on a course he's won here before. He, he talked about it, Brady, the, the guys who have repeated as champions uh, at Harbortown. The list is pretty extensive. So, you know, for that reason, I think a 45-1 to one on Webb is very enticing. Steven, uh, looking at some of the longer odd guys in this field, and like you said, this is a very deep field, so you've got good prices on very good players with previous success here, like uh, Matt Kuchar, I think, is a very good example. One here in 2014, almost played his way into the Masters at the Valero, didn't quite make it, though, ends up settling for a T2, so he missed the Masters for the first time in 13 years. But anybody 50 or 1 or higher that you think can make a run at grabbing that tartan plaid jacket this week down in Hilton Head? Yeah, Cooch is interesting. I think you, you brought up his uh, his form that has looked better of late. Uh, he knows if there's anywhere that he has a chance to get back into the winner's circle, it's here. So this, this date has been circled on his calendar for sure. And I'm sure it made him mad not to be at Augusta. He loves Augusta National back to when he was uh, the low M back in the day in 97. So uh, the Cooch bet is a good one. I like that. Um, I'm on Maverick McNeely as well. He kind of threatened here last year, um, and I've had this bet circled on the calendar for, for a long time, uh, Matt McNeely uh, at the Heritage. I've been betting him kind of consistently this year, and, uh, you know, my wallet is is a little thinner because of it, but I, I think this is a good spot for Mav. Uh, again, the off-the-tee stats when, when distance isn't necessarily important, uh, Mav checks that box there. So I do like him. Uh, Kevin Strillman is another name who I think he's got three top seven finishes at the Heritage in his last five or six starts here. And you guys talked about how course course knowledge and experience is huge here. Uh, for that reason, Strillman is looking, he's trending up in some of these important stats. So I think Strillman is interesting. Uh, Charles Howell III, again, you know, you look at corollary courses like Wiley, you mentioned that, Brady. I think uh, CH3, this, this is the kind of course that, um, he knows it's one of few that he could still get it done on the PGA Tour. And kind of similar to Stuart Sink, an older guy, um, you know, time is kind of taken on him, uh, but really good with his fairway woods, his long irons. I, I think that, that leads him to, uh, to contend here. Uh, Joel Damon, one other guy. I think it's a week where you could kind of pull the trigger on a lot of these long shots, but Joel Damon in particular, better when you take Lutz and Driver off the tee. He could get hot. Which is with his wedges and the putter, that's what you need. Um, so Joel Damon at like 150 to one, I like that. And one more name for you guys, Brant Snedeker, one here in 2011. You find him at about 200 to one, and we saw him pop up at the Valero. Uh, it was around the lead at points. So 
you know, Snedeker always plays well at RBC Heritage. So, again, leading on that course experience here, worth a shot at 200-1 to one with Snedeker. Steven, how about some of your fades? Are there some more prominent names that you think might struggle this week for whatever reason, if they're coming off of the Masters or it's poor course form or just poor current form? Yeah, I mentioned Cam Smith. I'm definitely fading Cam here, which is a little dangerous given, you know, he shot like, a, I think, a 62 um, a few years ago. Uh, but, you know, he was just in that really pressure-packed situation um, on Sunday just a few days ago. So to expect him to come here and win, uh, you know, kind of turn his motivation to the RBC heritage after this huge disappointment, I, I think, you know, I'll be fading him in some matchups. Um, you know, taking someone like Patrick Cantlay, who, you know, didn't have a great weekend at Augusta, but, you know, tends to play really well in these peak eye designs, um, can really shape the ball both ways. That's huge here. So I would look to take a matchup over Cantlay over Smith if you could find one. Um, I think Justin Thomas is not a great uh, fit here. You know, he's someone when you could be a little wayward with the driver, uh, that's the kind of course that fits JT's game. Certainly not the case here. So, I, I will not be taking Justin Thomas in any sort of, you know, pools or, um, you know, matchups, anything like that. I, I think he's someone to fade as well. Steven, if I go ahead and give you a foursome here in terms of this week for the RBC Heritage, who is in your group? A bet, yeah, I would go Corey Connors. I, I do like Connors quite a bit here. I'll, I'll throw Webb into the mix for sure. Um, and then I'll go Matt McNeely. I'm strong on McNeely this week. And, uh, you know, Russell Knox, I didn't mention Russ, uh, but, again, the iron play, the approach play, he's been really good. He's talked about how his off-the-tee game has been better this year. You know, the putter kind of makes you hesitate with Russell Knox. Um, so a top-20 bet on Russell Knox, I think, is a good one. All right, very good. Maverick McNeely, Corey Connors, Webb Simpson, and Russell Knox. Before we let you get out of here, Stephen, uh, major championship season is certainly upon us with the Masters kicking things off. We're just 37 days away from the PGA Championship taking place at Southern Hills in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Off of what we saw at Augusta, have you made any plays to win the PGA or anybody that you're taking a hard look at, given what we've seen over the past few weeks? Yeah, well, I'm pretty uh, happy with a bet I made during the semifinals of the match play. I caught uh, Scotty Scheffler at 40 to one, um, so now I have that in my back pocket. I know he's you know down to 10 or one, 10 to one or so, um, but Scheffler actually came out and said Southern Hills is his favorite golf course. So um, I, I'm feeling pretty good about that bet in terms of you know guys who you know you could catch odds on them still. Um, I think Victor Hovland is interesting. Uh, had a disappointing Augusta, but, you know, maybe we see his odds kind of shoot up a little, kind of into that 25-1 to 1 range. I think that's interesting. I think Will Zalatoris, too, he just always seems to find a way in these in these majors. He's made a uh, – that his kind of his M.O. Um, has a bunch of top tens in these majors, did so at Augusta. You could catch him at about 35-1, to 40-1. to 1. Um, it, It's going to be one of these elites again, and – in all likelihood, probably Scotty Scheffler since we're in this Scotty Scheffler era now. But I think Hovland and Zalatoris are probably the most interesting names. Rory McIlroy, too, but now his odds have been kind of slashed into the 14, 14 or 15-1 range. But he he kind of scares me the way he uh, came on strong uh, on Sunday at the Masters. And, you know, he's going to be able to freewheel it at the PGA. 
I think, because, you know, there's not that pressure that there is on him at Augusta National. He, he already has a PGA, uh, two of them to his name. So, um, you know, Rory definitely scares me uh, here in 37 days. Tough to believe it's only 37 days away. Yeah, can't wait. Now, Rory uh, not only scares me, but excites me. That was uh, just a wonderful yeah. watch on Sunday to see him shoot that 64. Stephen, thank you very much, as always, for joining us here on Long Shots. And enjoy the RBC Heritage, my friend. Uh, you guys, too. Thanks for having me. Thank All you, right. Stephen. That is Stephen Hennessy with Golf Digest. You can follow him on Twitter at S underscore Hennessy GD. No event across the pond this week. When we'll come back, we'll take a look at major implications, as we noted, just 37 days away. Until the next one, the PGA Championship. We'll be back in just a moment right here on Long Shots. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back to Long Shots. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you. No event across the pond this week on the European Tour or the DP World Tour. They will get back underway in another week. But uh, we're going to dive into major implications. As I mentioned there with our guest Stephen Hennessy, major season is upon us as we will get one now just about every month until the major championships conclude with the Open Championship at the Old Course in St. Andrews. In July, uh, next up, it is the PGA Championship at Southern Hills Country Club in Tulsa, Oklahoma, just 37 days away. Southern Hills has hosted seven majors in the past, both U.S. Opens and PGA Championships. Retief Goosen won the U.S. Open here in 2001. Nick Price won the PGA in 1994. And Tiger Woods won the PGA Championship at Southern Hills in 2007. Now, we know the setup for a PGA 
is different from a U.S. Open. But, Wes, this course, Southern Hills, every time I've seen it in recent history, it always felt to me much more like a U.S. Open track. Mm -hmm. Now, it's been 15 years since we've last seen the course, but I'm really looking forward to getting back to Southern Hills. It ought to be a great test. If you go look at 2007 when Tiger Woods won it here, the winning score was just eight under par. Yeah, and we remember this was, in fact, a U.S. Open venue, I believe, uh, back in uh, what year was that? 2001, that was 2001. Retief Goosen. Retief Goosen, where he's making 15-foot bogey saves and uh, was was the winner there. Uh, last big event, it had the senior PGA last year. Alex Shaka won that. Benny Ahn won the U.S. Amateur here in 2009. But, yeah, I think, I don't, I think that this is probably going to be tougher than the normal – PGA Championship course, par 71, a little bit under 7,500 yards. Uh, basically, all I've done for the majors, because look, it's not going to be as pronounced as the Masters because you don't have five, six months. You only have five, six weeks now between these majors. But the only thing I did over the weekend is I tried to grab every Cameron Smith that I could just before the prices were going to drop. And there were a couple that did have some 40 to ones at some majors. So I'm not going to release that necessarily officially because that number's long gone. But even as soon as this weekend here in Vegas, uh, there were more outside of the Nevada jurisdiction. But here in Vegas, I did find some 27 to one on Cameron Smith to, uh, to win each and every major. Major. Now you're seeing 18 to 1, 20 to 1. So it has dropped based on what we saw over the weekend. I was just like, I got to grab a price on this guy. And I know there may be some people that think, okay, this is going to be a Francesco Molinari situation from 2019 when he hit his ball in Race Creek and he was never the same. I don't think it's applicable here. Cameron Smith obviously is a younger player, does not have as many injuries. Uh, I think has a bigger upside with all due respect than Francesco Molinari. So I basically just tried to grab all the Cam Smith I could find. Yep, I certainly understand that and a good move by you. I can tell you, I drank the Kool-Aid on Tiger Woods. If this guy can can, uh, can continue to pr improve physically, uh, I think he showed that his game is still there when he's healthy. It was very impressive what he did at Augusta National. I think most of all making the cut. And that was something I kind of predicted too because if you, you know to make the cut, he only has to play well and walk the course for 36 holes. Now we saw him deteriorate a great deal over the weekend when he had to walk in an entire 72 holes. Now, now, what I did is I did not play him for the PGA Championship, but I played him for the Open Championship. Which he has committed to. Uh, he did at least after the uh, final round on Sunday at the Masters. So, yeah, I can, I can understand. Uh, now, he is, I believe, he filed an entry form because the deadline here is in a couple days for the U.S. Open. But that doesn't mean that he is committed to play the U.S. Open yet. He already said, hey, I'm going to St. Andrews. And the whole thing about Tiger Woods, I think Brady – He's going to go to places where he's won before. And, and he's that's won there his, before, And that's right? his chance to pass Sam Snead. I don't think he's going to ever pass Jack for the 18 majors. I think that's good for Jack. But right now he's tied with Sam Snead with 82 all-time PGA Tour wins. And you look, he's won twice here at St. Andrews, 2000 and 2005. He won the Open Championship. So in terms of familiarity, and that's why he elected to come back at Augusta. Because I think he's like, you know what? I'm comfortable here. Even though he, he's 
clearly not 100% physically. Right. So he's got three months to repair uh, physically and improve upon where he's at now. I mean, if he was 50, 60 percent for Augusta, maybe he's 85 Mm percent for St. Andrews in July. Like you said, he's won there twice. The other thing very different from Augusta National, which is very hilly with a lot of elevation change, St. Andrews is flat as can be. So walking St. Andrews should be much easier on his body than walking Augusta National. There's also a big course correlation with St. Andrews and Augusta National. We've seen Nick Faldo, Tiger Woods, Zach Johnson all win the Masters and the British Open at St. Andrews. You've seen Jason Day, Mark Leishman, Louis Oosthuizen win and contend at both properties. So I took Tiger at 50-1 to to win the British Open, and I thought that number was pretty fair considering what we saw. That's the best I've seen, too, in the market, and I, I think that that's about fair because considering the fact that he has won there twice, I mean, you're not gonna give 66 or 70 or 75 to one because I mean, books weren't giving that out for the Masters, so they're not going to give it out for the Open. And at least what we've seen, at least he made the cut, you know, and he shot one under par in the first round. I think basically the physical toll kind of took over, right? It was the adrenaline, and I think just the energy of the 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 patrons and the spectators down there at Augusta kind of carried him through and then you saw it kind of sap a little bit so you know he needs to rest you know and a lot of people are saying oh he needs to go out and play he's probably not in physical condition to go out and play you know a warm-up event or a couple warm-ups events so maybe the next time we see him if he doesn't play Southern Hills it might be the U.S. Open at Brookline, but I'm not sure if even he wants to undergo that grind necessarily. We will see. I hope he, uh, not only for my bet, but for him personally, I hope he heals physically and hopefully he shows up at the British Open in good form. Like I say, I think the golf game's still there. It's just uh, the physical aspect if Tiger can survive. We'll come back and get into our match play segment, go over all of our plays for the RBC Heritage, Matt Eumann's plays, Wes Reynolds, and myself when we return right here on Long Shots. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back to Long Shots. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you previewing the RBC Heritage the week after the Masters. Always a great soft landing spot. The beautiful Hilton Head Island Harbortown Golf Links designed by Pete Dye. It's just such a nice resort area, Wes. It's really a comfortable spot for these guys to land after coming off of the grind that is Augusta National. We'll go over Matt Humans' plays first. He's got four outrights and he lines up with a couple that our guest Stephen Hennessy is on. He's got Corey Connors at 31 to 1, Maverick McNeely at 40 to 1, Webb Simpson at 45 to 1, and that's a really nice number yeah, on a guy that I'm is dominant if I'm at this course. I regret not taking Webb Simpson at that price. I'm I'm not sure if he's quite healthy yet, but that is a very generous price. It really is. I mean, I saw him at the Westgate at 30 and I thought that was maybe a little bit high than we're used to seeing, but 45 is really something on Webb Simpson, a guy that uh, has just done well here at this course year after year. And then finally, Matt is on Matt Kuchar, another former winner at 80 to 1. You know, Matt Kuchar, for me, I was going to ask Stephen Hennessy this. We talked a lot about Kuchar when we were speaking with Stephen. Kuchar's now 43 years old. Mm-hmm. Do you think he can win again on tour? I do. And he's, I think it was maybe, you know, for a lot of players, it was COVID-19 that kind of threw him off because he had won, you know, the previous season. And, and if you look, and by the way, I'm on Matt Kuchar. I only have 70 to one, but I still thought that was a fair price. Uh, just missing the Masters, where he's actually been in contention a few times for the first time in 13 years. I think that's motivation enough to go well here where he's had previous success. One here in 2014, runner-up in 2019, five top 10s, 11 top 25s. 17 starts here at Harbortown, has never missed the cut. And then you look at the correlating for him. He won the players. Uh, YLA. One at, at Mayakoba, one at YLA for the Sony Open. So coastal courses just like Harbortown. Yeah, I still think he could win because I, I hate to rely on our champion last year, but if Stuart Sink can win at 48, I think Matt Kuchar can still win. I still think uh, one of the categories I actually looked at this week, Brady, was strokes gained around the green. Number one right now on the PGA Tour, and number one over the last 24 rounds. So real good around the green. Number four in strokes gained short game. So it's not just the scrambling and the chipping. It's also a little bit of the putting. So, you know, I think Matt Kuchar is going to be comfortable this week. Well, you were on him at 70 to 1. What else is on your card for the RBC? Yeah, I tried to swerve most of the short guys, most of the big names that played well at the Masters. I did end up landing on one, and that was Shane Lowry. At 22 to 1. Uh, I think his form has actually been the most consistent, even though he hasn't won like Cameron Smith or some of these other guys, not rated as high as Patrick Cantlay or Morikawa or Dustin Johnson. But you know, he made a couple big mistakes uh, on on Saturday that didn't allow him to remain in contention. We took that, uh, uh, and he also took that triple bogey on the fourth, the par three on Sunday, which really took him out of it. But bounced back. Last fourteen holes, he had six birdies and ended up finishing under par. Ended up finishing t three. He had to run her up at the Honda six weeks before. He's got four other finishes, a fourteenth or better for twenty twenty two, and he's playing the best golf he has in three years since he won the Claret Jug over at Royal Portrush. So uh, was actually. 
third here in in 2019 at the Heritage. Missed the cut during the that was the first start I believe after the COVID shutdown, uh, and then. Last year, he finished ninth, so he's got good uh, recent form, at least, on this course. Kevin Kisner, 50-1. to 1. Last two starts on Pete Dye tracks, fourth at the Players, and then uh, which arguably is the best field in golf. And then he was a runner-up to Scotty Scheffler at the Dell Match Play, another Pete Dye course in Austin. Won at Sedgefield last August. I think it was that, what was that, seven-man playoff yes. at the Wyndham. Uh, and last... I had, like, two of the guys in the playoff, yeah, and not we both, named Kisner. And, and we both had <laughs> Russell Henley, who right. probably should have won the darn thing and ended up fading away. But anyway, Kevin Kisner's played very well here, was runner-up here, lost that playoff to Jim Furyk back in 2015, 11th and 2017, 7th and 2018. You know, he's a Pete Dye specialist, despite the fact he only has one career win on a Pete Dye, but second at the players in 2015, second and first in back-to-back years at Austin Country Club for the match play, second, 15th, and fifth over the last few years at TPC Louisiana, which is where the Zurich Classic is, and then was fifth at River Highlands back in 2015. So, this is the type of course that, like, Kevin Kisner is just a beast on. You know, something under 7,200 yards, par 70, or in this case, a par 71. I think he can go well here. This was one that was a little bit of a risk considering how he played last week. Terrell Hatton, 52-1. to one. That was just a number. He made the cut at the Masters, but he finished dead last out of the guys that made the cut. And we know we were seeing some of the video and some of the stuff on Twitter. He was pretty demonstrative in his frustration. <laughs> he was saying he was glad it's over. He was entertaining. Yeah, never really <laughs> likes the course, doesn't really suit his eye, thinks, you know, some good shots get a little bit punished. But – I think coming this week, and a lot of people are fading him because of that, thinking, you know, maybe he's just going to blow his top again. But he's still number 17 in the world, and despite his poor play last weekend, he's not that far from good form. T9 at the match play, 21st at the Valspar, 13th at the players, T2 at the Arnold Palmer, plus he had two top six finishes over in Abu Dhabi and Dubai, respectively, to start the year. So he's not that far out. What really was amazing with Terrell Hatton, especially in those early rounds, was he was like dead last in the field after a couple rounds for putting. He's number one on the PGA Tour still in that category. So I think some positive regression on a course where he finished third here two years ago. Terrell Hatton, 52 to 1. Siwoo Kim, another Pete Dye guy, 55 to 1, just like Kevin Kisner. Two of his three wins are on Pete Dye courses to the players years ago and then the stadium course at the American Express. Uh, plus he won uh, the Wyndham Championship which has a strong correlation, as we mentioned here, to Harbortown. 10 of 10 making cuts here this year. He did have to withdraw from the players, but he's been really good off the tee. He's gained on approach in six of his last eight starts, gained around the green seven of his last 10, gained with the putter five of his last eight. Recall also that he was the runner-up here back in 2018 to the big long shot, Satoshi Kodaira, mm. uh, who was 250 to 1. So Siwoo Kim at 55 to 1. Adam Hadwin, 65 to 1. Really good lead in form this week. Ninth at the players, seventh at the Valspar, fourth at the Valero. I was on Hadwin both of those weeks at the Valspar and the players. Top 10 finishes. Yeah, he's in good form. Eighth in tee to green at the Valspar, fourth in tee to green at the Valero, first in this field for proximity gained, and seventh in terms of strokes gained approach over the last 24 rounds. I've already mentioned Kuchar, 70 to 1. A couple of my bombs, triple digits. Brian Harmon, 100 to 1. Missed the cut on the number number, uh, last week at the Masters, but that's a course where he's not going to play well. He's not a big hitter off the tee but he's got a couple top tens here in his career 
Difficult to call him a peat dye specialist when he's never really won on a peat dye design, but I was looking at some of the numbers in recent years. T3 earlier this year at the American Express on PGA yep. West. Three top fives on dye designs last year at the Travelers, at the Dell Match Play, and also at the Players' Championship. Eighth at the 2021 American Express at PGA West. 13th here last year. I think he could go well here at a big number. And then the narrative street, I think I've played him uh, each and every uh, year. The last two years he's played here, it's like a rite of passage. Matthew Neesmith, 130 to 1. And here's the story on Matthew Neesmith. He is a South Carolina Gamecock, a graduate of University of South Carolina from Aiken, South Carolina, two hours away from Hilton Head. Remember, he made some headlines here about three years ago when he proposed to his wife on the 18th green right at this course. He's made two cuts here, never contended. Best finish was 33rd. Really good ball striker. Profiles, I think, comparatively well to some of the long shots that have hit here. And then in terms of some of my models, some of the stats I ran, by the way, beside the usual suspects approach, proximity gain, uh, I also looked at uh, strokes gain par four, 400 to 450 yards. But I looked in terms of driving. You don't have to be a big hitter off the tee. It's a little bit more accuracy oriented. So I looked at good drives gained and also fairways gain. Matthew Neesmith ranked uh, in, in near the top in both of those categories. So I, I definitely looked at that. So I thought 130 to one, he's a guy that's going to keep the ball in play. And that's what you got to do here. Don't get yourself in trouble. So Matt Neesmith, 130. You're on uh, two gentlemen from Aiken, South Carolina, Kevin Kistner yes. and Matthew Neesmith. All right, my outright plays for the RBC Heritage. Uh, I did go with Patrick Cantley, my shortest shot at 20 to 1. Third, seventh, and third in his first three starts at Harbortown. Twelfth in the field for strokes gained approach. Second in par four scoring, like you mentioned, West from 400 to 450 yards, which is the majority of the par fours here at Harbortown. 17th on tour in strokes gained around the green also has two top 25 finishes at sawgrass matthew fitzpatrick at 22 to 1 he calls this one of his favorite courses in the world great iron player great short game has a top five and two top 15 finishes here in the past he actually used to vacation here as a young man on holiday with his family so this is one he's always wanted to win and i played him here before didn't get with him this week based on the price but would not shock me at all. He loves this place. And I thought he was solid at the Masters. He's been in great form this year. He's really been in great form for a couple of years in a row now. So, you know, he gets to this type of course. You talk about this being a Kevin Kistner type course. I think it's also a Matthew Fitzpatrick type course. Uh, fifth in the field for greens and regulation. 15th on tour in strokes gained around the greens. Chris Kirk at 64 to 1. He really checks the boxes on the correlated courses. He's won at Colonial. He's won at Sea Island. He was seventh here last year, three top fives at the Sony, 11th on tour in strokes gained around the green. Good recent form, too, fifth at Bay Hill and seventh at the Honda. I'm also on Brian Harmon. You got a super number. I thought 75 to 1 was good. 100 to 1 is outstanding. Great history at Sawgrass with three top 10s at TPC Sawgrass, two top 10s and a top 15 here at Harbortown. And he really clicks on the correlated courses as well. You mentioned a third 
at the American Express, also a fifth recently at the Valspar, which I also think has a lot of corollary uh uh, attributes to Harbor Town. Great short game, of course, for Brian Harmon. Kevin Streelman, a guy that our guest Stephen Hennessy mentioned, ninety to one. He's won at the Travelers before. Mm-hmm. Another Pete Dye course has a second place finish at TPC Sawgrass. Three top tens here at the RBC. He's fourth in the field for greens and regulation, and fourteenth in strokes gained approach. Russell Knox, another guy that Stephen mentioned. I've got him at 93 to 1, another ball striking specialist. He's 21st in the field in greens and regulation, 15th on tour in strokes gained approach, 13th in the field on the par fours from 400 to 450 yards. He was sixth this year at the Players' Championship, he was seventh at the Sony. And get this, Wes, from 2014 to 2017, Russell Knox here at Harbortown finished 9th, 18th, 2nd, and 11th. Mm. So a good run for Knox here at Harbortown in the past. We'll see if he can restart that run here this week. And then finally, my long bomb. You talk about Narrative Street. Maybe this guy was inspired by his former teammate at Texas, Doug Gim at 150 to 1. Of course, he was teammates at UT with Scotty Scheffler. He's been great at the players the last two times out with a 6th and a 29th. He's got a top 15 at Colonial. Ninth in the field for greens and regulation, sixth on approach, 19th on the par fours. He's missed four cuts in his last five starts, but that one cut that he made was the sixth place finish at TPC Sawgrass. And I'm thinking this is another course that really suits his game. We'll see if he can get it together this week. How about some head-to-head matchups? Did you land on any of those? Yeah, I played uh, three. Uh, one, I did go against Cameron Smith on one. I went Colin Morikawa, minus 110. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton, plus 135. That was just taking a number. He's been getting bet against in all the matchups, but Daniel Berger, he did not look healthy. I think he was battling some some kind of injury last week at the Masters and kind of faded on the weekend. I did go against Chris Kirk with Siwoo Kim at minus 105, but look, Kirk is a guy that profiled, I think, very well here, and I definitely considered on my outrights. All right, three matchups for me as well. I took Patrick Cantley at minus 135 over Dustin Johnson, Billy Horschel at minus 135 over Jordan Spieth, and then I went against your Kevin Kistner. I took Kevin Na in a pick of minus 110 over Kevin Kistner. I think both of the – I mean, this ought to be a tight matchup and a sweat all the way to the end. I think both these guys make a lot of sense at Harbortown. That is going to do it for this edition of Long Shots. Next week, we head to the Big Easy for the Zurich Classic in New Orleans and our own Matt Brown, an LSU graduate, will join us to break it down in the bayou. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the RBC heritage, everybody. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.